Coming up on this episode, we begin with spontaneous laundry advertising, the dangers of a Windows laptop, and the proper way to name your cat. Then we get into the week's tech news, including RubSub Domain Grab, the end of Ive at Apple, and what to expect from the next Nintendo Switch. It's all coming up right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 246, recorded July 1st, 2019. I've got better things to do. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and the most important thing, you. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by a couple of guys who are always keeping their eye on your laundry. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. <laughs> Gentlemen, good Gross. evening. Gross. I resent this. I do not keep an eye on your laundry. Come on, you don't sit and watch <laughs> it go round and round and round? I do only if there are no spots left, and then I unceremoniously take your stuff out of the laundry and put it on top of the thing. Oh, it's yeah. the only moral choice. It's the only moral choice. You gotta be there when it is done. You cannot be leaving right. once you are told that it has finished. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you gotta set that alarm like two minutes before. Think about it. If everyone showed up after the thing was done and no one could take your stuff out of the washer, think about how much time overall is wasted. Mm-hmm. I think that's now. Have you guys ever found a piece of someone else's clothes in your laundry? Yeah. Yep. What do you do? Do you like put up a missing poster or I guess a found poster? Depends how good it is. Do you use it? <laughs> well, let me say Depends this. I have accidentally used things because I think what happens is like, oh, this is a white sock. Sure. And right, like I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I, I like take two of my socks apart. I'm like, these aren't exactly the same. It's like mm. I never bought this other sock. So once your once your toe jams all over it, is right. it like a lost cause? Like, I mean, I mean the good news is it is done. came out of the laundry, so it's somewhat fresh. I think what I would it's do in it's gonna get. That's true. I think what the only your only recourse in that situation is to give them like offer another of your socks in return. Like the next time you do laundry, like deliberately leave a sock. I think that was in the Bible, a sock for a sock. Yeah, paying it forward or whatever. Now, there was like a movie about it, too. My marketing mind has me thinking of a viral marketing opportunity where you leave socks with your company's name on it and, and washing machines everywhere, and then people are like, this isn't my sock, but this company sounds really cool. <laughs> when Airbnb launched Airbnb for business, they sent me socks in the mail. I have Airbnb socks. Nice. I don't, know, I don't know why they chose to send me socks in the mail. You don't mail. make the purchasing decisions for your business? <laughs> no. No, I do Big not. mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yes, sir. That's too funny. What What else is going on, guys? Oh, I went to Fire Island last weekend, which I had never done before. Nice. And it was really, really cool. It was not nearly as, as, as insane of a party town, as at least where I was, as I was led to believe. Mm-hmm. And I... There are no cars at all. It's not that there don't happen to be no cars, but there are actually no cars allowed. And the beaches were empty. Like, during the day, I would say the beaches were 30% full. If what? If, if Waikiki Beach was 100% full, full, Colby, this was 30% full. And nice. they're, they're, for East Coast beaches, pretty good. So I would recommend Fire Island. You get to walk around on these little, like, wooden sidewalk slat things and carry your groceries from the grocery store to your little 
bungalow. Hmm. Food, Sounds like Dan's out. ready to move. I am ready to move. Fun fact, I realized after I was there that <laughs> because we went to this pizza place that had... They said this. The people in line said this was a Long Island thing. I don't know if this is true, but they had uh, cheese pizza with cold cheese on top. It's like the thing. And so, anyways, th- this was a very memorable thing because all the people in line were really drunk and we weren't. And then on the way back, I'm poking through Instagram, and uh, Marco Armit from ATP is at that pizza place. So this is where his beach house is. Was where I was. I had no idea. But it, ex- it explains a lot of stories about uh, transporting computers with uh, uh, the red fire wheelbarrow things <laughs> because there are no cars. And you do have to take them not not a mile, but definitely like a half mile, mm-hmm. probably. So it was fun. That's what I'm up to. Awesome. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking about I. I can keep talking. I'm thinking about replacing my fancy my my fancy gaming keyboard. Ugh. Yeah. Because it's first of all, and this is I should have done more research, but it is very sensitive. Like for actual typing, it's not that good. I constantly get double letters. Yeah. And I don't know of a way to adjust that, which is shocking because it doesn't even work on Linux. Because the keyboard needs special software and drivers to work at all. So, if anyone's in the market for a gaming keyboard, um, I don't know if gaming keyboards are for me. Maybe I'm I'm too old for this. Too old for this shiz. Well, wh- why did you get the gaming keyboard in the first place, may I ask? Because it, uh, I was doing gaming. I was like, <laughs> hey, you need to get a gaming keyboard. You got suckered in. I did get suckered in by the marketing. I will say it does have these uh, these keys that you can install on it that are slanted, so that you can like grip oh. them better. Oh, they like slant up towards you, or they slant in any direction, so you can put them on like the W, A, S, and D keys to get like a good. Uh, so you know where your fingers are at. Oh, good. neat! Like you could do it. You could do it on your J and F, so you can uh, return your fingers to the home position. I could do it on my H J K and L to get some nice vim action going on. Yep. Yep. I think you boost your typing speed. Instead, I think I'm going to go back to my old faithful over here. I think Dan, you should get one of those. I don't even know if they use them anymore. Those insane ergonomic keyboards where they're like. Tense. Sean, have you seen my work well, keyboard? I know, I know you got the separate pieces, but do you ever, like, angle them? Yeah, I've, ang- I've since angled them now. <laughs> oh. He puts them up here so it's like one of those uh, motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> that like sounds like hog. something from, like, a bad 90s hacker movie where they, like, sit in their, their chair with their <laughs> keys up here and they're hacking into the mainframe. Yes. I like that idea. But then you could get one of those big industrial high efficiency fans right in front of you so you really felt like you were riding a motorcycle. And you'd be <laughs> saving the environment. That makes me think of the, the Maxwell like guy in the chair with the Yes. The fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also have another update. Uh, I think I don't remember if we covered this on the show, but Colby definitely recommended that I use the Spark email app, mm-hmm. uh, which 
years ago, we had my first round of email uh, odysseys, and now we are on round two. The Spark app is great. Here is my favorite feature. So there are two cool things about the... the there's two things about it that really appeal to me. Three. Um, one, it uses iCloud Sync to store all your settings. So you set up Spark on one device, and then when you sign into any of your email accounts on any of your other devices, all of your email accounts go there. So you don't have to be like, oh, I got to sign to work, and I got to sign to this personal one and that personal one, my mayor's account, blah, blah, blah. It just does it all. Two, the, it does the Gmail thing where it splits it out by like promotions newsletter or notifications is one of them uh and then like actual emails to you mm -hmm. but then for each section it makes it easy to say mark all the emails in this section as read and that is my email workflow i don't delete emails i don't archive stuff i just say mark them all as read oh my god you talked about this so it's just the giant log if you use absolutely if you use Gmail, it's easy to archive things. But if you're not using Gmail, then it is you can't archive anything. And only some of my accounts are Gmail. So that's the life I have to live. Mm. Cool. Well, glad it's working for you. Thanks. I was pleased to find out when Dan was uh, starting his journey that they have a desktop app. That was They cool. do, but not for Windows or a uh, web app either. Yeah. Bummer. Which is a bummer. Because I'm living that 3OS lifestyle right now. I've got this Windows desktop, my Linux laptop, and then my work Mac desktop. And so you got to say, Dan, which is the best? I will say this. I had an important call to take. Mm -hmm. And I brought my old... Mac laptop to work so that I could take this call and not worry about anything. So Linux <laughs> is definitely the worst. And I don't have a Windows laptop. I feel like laptops are really where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Right? It's it's they all a Linux desktop is fantastic. This Windows desktop works just fine. I still think it's weird how in Windows like, there's kind of an app store, but not really. And there's kind of a thing that lets you add and remove all software, but not some software. Like, all of that jank is still there. But I, I would have to try using a Windows laptop for me to really comfortably rank Windows. Please don't, Dan, because it's only going to damage <laughs> your ranking. Stick with desktop. <laughs> Windows laptops are... Yeah, I heard the battery life is still not great. The, well, the issue is you just have to drop MacBook money to get a good windows laptop and at that point just get a macbook you know it's that's that if they were like good and cheap i'd say you have a selling point but right cheap windows right. laptops are gross i did read an article today about using uh that egpu stuff that apple announced a couple years ago mm -hmm. to, to and you can attach an egpu to a macbook pro dual boot it into windows and the windows windows as the latest update can now use eGPUs. so you can do windows gaming on a macbook pro with a modern graphics card upgradable graphics card and still have a macbook so that that was got me pretty pretty excited for when i need another computer five years from now <laughs> i think i, I hope i i honestly like if this if this computer broke that's what i would do 
because it it seemed like it works. Yeah. And that's really the best of best of both worlds for me. Now we just got to get you a Chromebook and you'll be good to go. <laughs> I would like to try that. I also need to try the Windows subsystem for Linux, the new version. And also I need to try the new Windows terminal app, which wasn't downloading it. Anyways. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on, Dan. I do have a lot going on. We might need a whole separate, you know how they have like the talking dead after walking dead. We might need a whole separate like Dan show just on what Dan's up to. Talking Dan. Listen, Dan talk. Standing Dan. There we go. Bringing it full circle. Danned up. (laughs) Well, the Windows App Store seems to be down. I can't search for anything, so. Uh Oh. Don't. Don't. Just go to to EXE Utilities, man. Stick with that. I never went to the App Store. I've never downloaded an app from the App Store. EXE Utilities? Yeah, like old school utilities. The flip is that I've I've picked a whole bunch of them on. It's just classic download and install utilities off the internet. You don't know where they came from. They're on those sketchy SourceForge download sites that you're like, where that? What the hell is this from? Um, it's great. That's that's my recommendation. They never they haven't been updated since like 2004. It's it's the Windows experience. I guess it is. I will say it is nice just being able to download random stuff off the internet and like customizing the the old games. Like I think I talked a couple of shows about how I was like updating the graphics on some old games yep. pretty easily. That's cool. That's cool. That is cool. Well, the Windows Store is down, so I won't be able to try out the new Windows terminal. I'm well. sorry. We'll expect a full report next week. That content. Yes, please let <laughs> us know. It, it has GPU accelerated text rendering, okay? I've had that in Word for years, so <laughs> get, get with the program. Buddy. Does Microsoft Word have GPU text rendering? I hope Google just returns the result of your lame. Introducing direct write. I, I will say I've never used Word and been like, this typing's too slow. <laughs> Like, I wish it were faster. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. We haven't even talked about my cat yet, guys. Come on. What do you... What? Do, oh, my God, it's right there. How did we... I mean, I, Dan, Sean, I love hearing about the app store. Your house. Sean. Hey. Hey. Hi. Did you decide what to call it yet? No, well, that's... I need some help with the names. The, he's just like the orange monster for the moment. Hey. <laughs> that's a pretty good name. Wake uh, up. Are there any famous orange monsters from history? Well, there are famous orange cats, of course, Garfield and Heathcliff. And I think Morris, who was the cat from the uh, Meow Mix commercials back in the day. Can you send me a a picture of your cat? I'm going to take a picture of it here. Okay. You could call him James after James Garfield, which is a, a two-step removal from Garfield, the, the the famous cartoon cat. I do love just the sheer complex nature of that idea. Be like, it's guys, you don't get the reference? It's so obvious. Um, I love that. No, I, the leading name at this point is Buster. Buster. Buster, mm-hmm. but I've also been pitched Pumpkin, which I'm kind of on the fence about. But it makes sense. Buster's a dog's name, in my my humble opinion. No, he's a cool dude. He's Buster. Hey, Buster. He's not really (laughs) responding to that. 
I don't know. I've also gotten Stanley Nor uh, Norman. Mm. Uh, there's a there's a cat that lives in friend of the show Emily's neighborhood that's named Stanley and also actually looks a lot like your cat. It's a good name. That makes it better or worse. I think Stanley has a blog. Like the know. cat has a blog. Yeah. It's on his collar. It's weird. Uh, you know what? It's one of those millennial things I'm not even going to ask. No. Anyway, so there's that. I was hoping for more excitement, but it's past his bedtime. <laughs> I have I have put in... Uh, I put some feelers out to the cat naming experts. I've sent them some documentation. Okay. And we'll be hearing back shortly. I suppose. Mm. Okay, good. We'll stay tuned for that as uh, uh, the evening progresses. Um, I've been informed that Stanley is not the cat with the blog. There's a different cat named <laughs> Napoleon that has the blog. <laughs> you're, you're mixing up the cats with the blogs. It happens all the time. I got confused. Hmm. Yeah. So there's that. So I'll be picking a bunch of cat stuff on the show in the next couple weeks. We need to, let's, let's circle back to this at the end of the program. We will. If anybody, and look, for those watching us live right now on Facebook or on Twitch, right in the chat, we'll circle back. We'll share your name suggestions. There are no bad ideas, only ideas I won't choose. So keep that in <laughs> mind. Um, while folks are figuring that out, let's pivot over to this week's news, and we certainly have some. Uh, it's it's here in the rundown. Um, there's a bunch of stories for you guys to pick. While you're looking at those, again, a reminder, we're live at twitch.tv slash don'tpanicshow or facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow, Monday nights, 10.15 Eastern. Check us out there. You can comment, and we'll be looking at that throughout the show. Zach uh, in the Twitch chat has already pitched Cat as the name, and the joke is, this is true, my brother's cat is named McKitty. That's the cat's name. And so I've gotten a lot of pitches along the, you know, King Cat or Mick Cat or, you know, just having Cat as the name. So, you know, not yeah, the worst the idea. Is, it's a classic. Mm -hmm. It is kind of the worst idea, though. Like, so, okay, here's some questions for you. Do you want a, like, serious cat name, or would you like would you like to have, like, a little bit of a pun cat name, a little bit of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge, like a, like a chairman meow, for instance? No, <laughs> I, I, want, I, want, I want, like, a real name. I want, like, a real, well, here's the thing, right? So he what came a, with a name. He came with the name Bailey, okay, which mm -hmm. is not a bad name. The issue is, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, my sister's now deceased dog was named Bailey. Do you oh, think yeah. do you think you should retire a name in we that kind of situation? We had this exact problem, Sean, and we decided that we could not reuse the name. That's I fell in the same boat because I think that's confusing. Um, here's one: Corporal Carrot is the uh, a character in Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. He is a Lance uh, Constable and later becomes captain of the City Watch. Corporal Carrot. Here's the thing, Dan. Uh, just look, hey, no bad ideas in brainstorming, but I'm going to be honest. I do want my cat to get eventually laid. And with a name like that, the lady cats, they're going to shy away. He's a corporal. Who? Corporal Carrot. As soon as you say Discworld, they're out. 
<laughs> now I'm on a president's kick since I was talking about James Garfield. Garfield. What ab- what about Chester as in Chester and you know, Arthur? This is a million percent true and I'm not even joking. I did consider that name for exactly that reason, because that's my favorite president name of all time is Chester A. Arthur, because nobody knows who he was or what he does, yes. but he's got the middle initial. And so I did think about Chester. I did. That that was on my list. Mm. Also on my list was Charlie, which I know is kind of boring, but, you know, I'm, I have no imagination. <laughs> uh, someone who I'm pretty sure is Emily in the Twitch chat uh, suggested Boris. I think that's a pretty good one. Boris? <laughs> now i will say a little backstory on the cat he's originally from staten island mm, so, see sean this is you gotta you gotta tell us this I, I'm, I'm trying to bring in you know he's three years old he's orange he's a he's a guy he's a man big mm-hmm. man he's walking here he's yes he is um and he's also overweight he's a little overweight i'm gonna be honest i don't want to hurt his feelings we gotta slim him down he's 14 pounds he's a big boy okay Okay, Sean. So here's some interesting information. Staten Island, what do you think about when you think of Staten Island? You think about uh, the mob. Okay. The mob. Yes. Garbage and then the mob. Do you remember from the movie The Godfather? Never saw it. Do you? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the one of the first characters you meet has a cat like that's i think where the like the evil guy of the cat comes from mm. and it turns out that it was just a stray cat i'm now reading found on the paramount lot uh but that guy's name was vito 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 v-i-t-o mm. what about lorenzo lorenzo see now that's the opposite problem that's too sexy that's too sexy of a cat name you know i don't want him to be too late the lady cats will constantly be over i do like so there's a website here cat names based from james bond which has become a recent enjoyment of mine of course blofeld bond goldfinger money penny (laughs) <laughs> pussy, oh, galore. Pussy, galore. pussy galore pussy galore yes i knew you were going there yes i love that all right so i'm now looking up famous people from staten island and you ready for oh, this no. name sean oh no go ahead how about Pobby flay the the name after the wonderful food network star bobby flay but with a little cat pun on it Pobby flay Honestly, it's not a bad name. I wish Bobby Flay weren't such a dickwad, because then <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like naming your, your cat after, you know, some Me Too nonsense. You know, you got to be careful. You got to make sure the okay. name's going to last. Mm. You name your cat Bill Cosby. Bill Pawsby. Bill Clawsby. Bill Clawsby. Yeah, I don't. That's not cool. It's <laughs> not very 2019. You could just name him Tom Hanks. That guy's uh Mm, okay, beloved. For, for Alyssa Milano. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No. Well, this has been a semi-helpful exercise. I think we've given you a lot of good ideas. You've given me a lot of ideas. Uh, 
Yes. I think you should pick a theme. And that way, if you get another cat, you have like, uh, you oh. already have your story, right? But this is this is why I like the president's angle, because I can name this one Chester, and the next one could be like Van Buren or something. <laughs> Van Buren. My mom recommends that you name him Colby after the cheese, not after Colby. But well, I, I think that could get confusing. You, you remember earlier on the show, I pitched my mom naming her dog after Colby. And oh, it, yeah. And it did not did not pan out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think I could live with calling the cat Colby. How about Henry Hissinger? No, but again, you're <laughs> picking people who suck in real life. Like, I don't want my cat to be associated with Henry Kissinger. OK, OK, it's OK. complicated. You know, uh, I, I just, uh, I, you know, it's like. Harvey Perstein. It's like, no, we can't. Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. But that's not a pun. No, it's just cat. That's that's his. Yeah, you know, it's like pussy below. Margaret 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 Scratcher. <laughs> that's uh, a good one. Okay, like not very that. current, but you're thinking, and I appreciate that. Is it fluffy butt? No, I don't want to do any of the kind of real cheesy cat. Whiskers kind of names. Not, not Meowly Cyrus. <laughs> no, I want my cat to have a boring name. That's my, I want it to be. The Great Catsby? Like a person's name? Yeah. Fuzz yeah. Aldrin? Okay, that one's pretty good, actually. That was actually are you pretty... reading these off a website, Dan? Or no, it's all, it's all at the top of his head. What are you talking about? They're, they're inspired. I have a, I have a, I have a system for this. Nice. I've had to come up with a lot of shitty puns in my time, having worked at Etsy. <laughs> so, I have a whole system. <laughs> oh boy, this is going great. Well, keep thinking, guys. Keep thinking. Stay positive. And on that note, where do you guys want to start in the news? I gotta pivot us away. The news before my cat ends up with some ludicrous name. We got this Grubhub thing. Okay. I hate Grubhub. They they ruined. Uh, they took Foodler away from me. Oh well, you're gonna hate them even more as they do sketchier thing. Grubhub, uh, the food delivery service, who also own Eat Twenty Four menu pages and Seamless, among others, um, are doing this uh, sketchy thing where they're buying tens of thousands of domain names that resemble those of businesses they work with or are pitching to work with. Uh, those domains are used to resemble a landing page for the official business, complete with an online ordering form, despite the sites being completely unassociated with the restaurants themselves. Grubhub owns as many as 23,000 of these domains. Uh, restaurant owners are calling the practice predatorial, noting that Grubhub is leading customers to believe they're ordering directly from the restaurants to help businesses avoid paying fees to Grubhub. Uh, now, what's interesting about this is they use alternative URLs like .net versus .com, uh, but they use the restaurant's original logo and food photos taken uh, by right scraped right off their website. But there are multiple order now buttons on the Grubhub site that charge upward of 20% commission on a single order versus the 3 to 15% you pay when you actually work with Grubhub versus these bogus pays, pages. Grubhub denies no wrongdoing, noting this practice is intended to help boost restaurant orders. Seems shady. Uh, yeah, super shady. Super shady. It's like if someone bought Don't Panic Dot Biz and created a page that looked like the podcast, except they charged people to listen to the episodes. 
That would be <laughs> wrong. Now, why you would do that, I don't know. I wouldn't call that lucrative, but um, it's definitely yeah, shady. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... Like, I guess it makes sense, but also... So the 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 deal is because it's like a Grubhub referral or something. It it they charge a higher fee to the. Yes. Yeah. Upwards of twenty percent. Big bucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna slack you guys a link here to a cents uh, a spreadsheet that lists every single domain Grubhub owns. Ooh. Um. All tens of thousands of them, um, including, you know, joeyspizza.com, joeyspizza.net, joeyspizza.biz, you know. Makes me feel a little bit better about my domain collection. (laughs) Yeah, imagine what the uh, renewal fees on these are. (laughs) But it's interesting because there are uh, ICANN rules about not squatting on a domain and Grubhub says they get away with it because they don't cyber squat. They, as a service to our restaurant, quote, as a service to our restaurants, we have created microsites for them as another source of orders and to increase their online brand present. Additionally, we have registered domains on their behalf, consistent with our restaurant contracts. Hmm. And then they say, so is this- we no longer provide that service and it has always been our practice to transfer the domain to the restaurant as soon as they request it. The thing is, they never asked if it was cool in the first place. Yeah, that was my my question was like, did they ask people to do this? Was it like a thing that was like buried in the terms of service somewhere or did they? As far as I can tell, because uh, this, this article claims that it, it is some that they already own, uh, but it's also some that they don't. This is a lot of domains. I wonder if you could infer what the breakdown of different food genres is on Grubhub from this? Like, how many Thai restaurants? How many pizza places? Maybe. A lot of them have, like, the cuisine in the name. It's a good question. But some of these are also pretty old. 2012. They certainly have been doing it for a long time. I mean, now that they own bestpizzabrooklyn.net, well, then by 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 that definition, you they must sell all the pizza, right? It's the best pizza in Brooklyn. They got the domain. Yeah, .net, very legit. <laughs> uh, very lucrative. So there you well, go, Grubhub. They weird. they claim that they've sort of spun down the practice of doing this, and that they don't really do it as much anymore here in 2019. But they certainly were doing it for a. Uh, for a while, as you can see by the dates on those domains. Cool. cool. Well, good job, Grubhub. Way yep. to not be shady. Yep. Indeed. Turning it around. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here, guys? We got Twitter, Johnny Ive, the Nintendo Switch Mini. The anniversary of the Walkman. We've got other news that might well, not I mean, be in the rundown. We have to talk about Johnny Ive. We do. 
the the aluminium is being laid to rest in honor of Johnny Ive, Apple's chief design <laughs> officer. Uh, he's led the Apple design team since 1996, credited with the design uh, of the iPod, uh, leading to uh, the Mac and the iPhone and a, and a ton of major projects, including designing the company's Spaceship Apple Park campus and establishing the look and feel of Apple's retail stores. He has decided to depart the company later this year. Uh, he will be forming a new design company called Love From. Um, he will be joined by famed designer Mark Newsom in that new venture, uh, but they claim Ivan Apple will still work on a range of projects with Apple. Um, Apple says that Evan Han Evans Hankey, uh, current vice president of industrial design, and Alan Dye, VP of human interface design, will now report um, into that role. Uh, there have there was a story in the Wall Street Journal, I think today or yesterday, that said there was a lot of tension between Tim Cook and Johnny Ive in terms of the style and direction of the company. That was sort of one example that they noted in the article was that uh, Johnny Ive pushed very hard for the Apple Watch and Tim initially didn't want to do one at all. Um, and he pushed for it as a real style icon. Uh, and it was really Tim. You, of course, remember when it first launched, he had the gold edition and all this kind of stuff. It was really Tim that pivoted away from style and design. Johnny apparently wasn't a fan of that. That's what this article claims anyway. Um, and that uh, Johnny believes the uh, Apple has drifted away from design in favor of operations and utility. So, so long, that, Johnny. <laughs> that's so surprising given what we see from the outside is, is if anything, a devotion to design over utility than, than the opposite, you know, with the, the thinness and the keyboard stuff, uh, the stupid Apple remote, which I don't hate as much as some people, but, but is it, but it's not aggressive design, you know, it's, it's evolutionary design. I mean, we've talked about it plenty on the show where, you're right. Every year it's a little bit thinner and it's comes in more colors, but it, you know, they have, there hasn't really been a new sort of, and even the Apple watch kind of just took what other people were doing, um, and made it better. Um, but nothing really sort of blow your mind. We've been talking for years about, you know, oh, they're looking at driverless cars and AR glasses and all this kind of stuff, but nothing sort of, even the home pod, which was supposed to be a new thing kind of fizzled upon delivery. So I would say these days, Sure, of course, design has to be part of it, but in the same way, they announce a new Pixel phone every year from Google, and it's the same phone slightly tweaked. Apple's not any better. Yeah, there was the iPhone 10, but... Yeah, but Samsung had an edge-to-edge -edge screen before Apple did. Yes, but then everyone copied the notch. I still think about that. The notch. Long live the notch. Yeah, we're, we're going to be stuck with the notch for a long time. I don't know. What was it? Was it Oppo or somebody today came out with the, the first uh, camera, front-facing camera that's under the screen, so the screen is truly edge-to-edge. -edge. So here, did you see here that Tim Cook wrote in today to the Wall Street Journal calling their story absurd? Yep. Yep, there was a great tweet. I wish I remembered who it was from that said, this is the difference is uh, Tim Cook writes a letter. Steve Jobs would have called and screamed at them. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was kind of an interesting way to look at it. Interesting. Hmm. It's end of an era. 
can you imagine how much that guy must have gotten paid? Oh my Ooh, god, buddy. Oh no. I mean, here, here's a fun fact: Steve Jobs made a voice call to Johnny Ive during the legendary reveal of the iPhone in 2007. That's who he called. So. Yeah, I saw. I was watching. Uh, read through the Verge article about all of the times that Johnny Ive has done a voiceover for like a product introduction video. Yep. And I was surprised how few there were. I thought they all got one, but they don't all get one, and it didn't start until after the iPhone, which is interesting. I think the the original iPad was one of the first ones, or maybe mm-hmm. it was the iPhone before the original iPad or something like that. I, in my mind, they've always been there, but clearly not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... We were quite young at the time, but I don't think the original iPod was quite seen as a uh, design breakthrough like we look at it today. You know? I don't think people realized what it was quite as much at the time. There wasn't as much of a focus on design, even with the original iPhone. Um, and then when that took off like gangbusters, I think that's that's sort of where the design side of it took off. But I guess that's not necessarily true, because then you look at those old uh, 98 iMacs, you know, the color iMacs, that were such a design. That was one of uh, Johnny Ive's first products he worked on, which are still awesome to look at today. That's true. Sean, I don't know if I've asked you this, but... What is Gangbusters? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a... You know, the funny thing is you actually have asked me that. I that I, It makes sense, because... And, and I feel like... Or maybe it was... Maybe it was... Matt? Someone... Anyway. Um, like Gangbusters, uh, the... I don't, it basically means, you know, something is going very well. Something is going gangbusters. Now, the origin of that, I have no idea. And I'm frantically Googling to try and find out. Um, definitely. But that's I, what I I'm saying. Like I knew the answer to this, but I actually don't. Oh, wait, no, it was a union busting thing, right? Mm. Mm, was it? The Pinkertons. <laughs> Uh, there's a radio program yeah and that could be part of it um yeah we're gonna keep all right here we go uh originally meant with great initial excitement uh the idiom originally came from the mid-century radio program gangbusters which began each episode with great excitement and vigor um, but over the years, since the show went off the years, the meaning of light gangbusters has become confused. Um, it origi- it means with excitement and great vigor, um, a strong start, immediate success, but now it's kind of stretched out to mean simply very well, something's going well. So, there you go. Good to know. So that's when, when something sells like gangbusters, it's got immediate success, a strong start. Lots of excitement. Tons of excitement. I don't know why I started saying that. I don't I don't know the origin of that in my life, but it is a phrase I use a lot. And I think you're like the only person who's ever asked me what that means. <laughs> Which means a lot of people are listening to me and be like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> it's like, 
I think it's a thing I heard of outside of you, but maybe not. I don't know. I've known you for a long time. The, yes, and definitely it's not new that I'm using it. So I feel like, Sean, we're probably coming up on knowing each other for 10 years. Yeah, this fall will be 10 years. One one decade. It, it's truly unbelievable. I was talking with our, our summer interns uh, at work, and I'm pretty sure they think I'm old. Because I'll talk to them about stuff, and I use phrases like gangbusters, and they <laughs> definitely think I'm very old. <laughs> Sean looks so good for his age. Yeah. Yeah, you, you laugh, but that's my favorite game to play. Is how old am I? How old am I? And they're like, I have no idea. Are you like 34? No. Stop that. Mm. I always just, if if I meet a person and I don't know how old they are, or I don't have like a general idea how old they are, I assume they are exactly my age. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. I always play, whenever anyone, you know, is like, oh, how old do you think I am or anything like that? I always do the range. Never give a specific number because you're ruined. You always say, I think you could be as young as blank and as old as blank. And usually one or the other will compliment them. <laughs> That's a life it's hack a, for you. It's up to them to decide which one. Exactly. Because usually you'll be like, I think you could be as young as 28. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, but you could be as old as like 70. And they're like, oh, <laughs> no, you're very bad at guessing ages. And I go, yes, uh. you have no idea. <laughs> rookie move oh boy oh boy so there you go johnny ives out i don't know if we have any other thoughts on that uh, apparently reports say he hasn't been that involved in the day-to-day -day design operation of apple for some time he's he's taken a lot of side projects he basically handed over the day-to-day -day reins back in 2014 2015 so will we see a big change who knows but certainly an iconic figure in the company no longer there indeed yeah we'll miss him or maybe we won't. Maybe everything will be better. Well, you know, he's got a firm, so maybe he'll spread that design genius to some other companies and we'll get better stuff. So, yeah. you know, glass half That's full true. approach. What would you most like to see Johnny Ive design? What would I like to see? What is something designed poorly that could use work in the world? Industrial design. Huh. That's a good question. One thing that I, every time I see it, I want to like these, but I, they are all suck, are those smart door locks. Mm. If those are all, all feels super compromised to me. Um, that's a thought. I, th I would love to see Johnny Ive design musical instruments. Ooh, I like I think that. That would be really cool. Some guitars, like a like a cool synthesizer or something. Yeah. I'd like to see him design a mattress. Yeah. Because I feel like it would be unnecessarily comfortable. It's the eye sleep. It's the eye sleep. We've got thirty six layers of handcrafted foam. <laughs> mm. See, I feel like it would be like airpod style like it would be the average of comfortable so it would be very comfortable for a very specific number of people but like at best okay for most everyone else you basically just explained all online mattresses so i you're probably yeah. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a problem with mattresses yeah it's an general. industry issue but hey if anyone can break through
Yeah. Dan, you should hire him to make the uh, your your snowbot. The button? Oh, oh, I was going to say the snow clearing road. The snoomba, because that's right up his alley. That kind of industrial <laughs> machine design, kind of make it out of aluminum. Yeah. I was also surprised in that Verge article. He doesn't say aluminum that often. Man, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I don't it, know how that became his catchphrase. Hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see what he comes up with. Uh, guys, we've got time for one more story here, if there's anything that's grabbing your attention. Not not a ton of news this week. We're kind of in that quiet period of the summer where all of Silicon Valley's out on vacation, so... I'm excited for whatever the new Nintendo... The, not new, but the next version of the Nintendo Switch will end up being. Yeah, we haven't really talked about this. Yeah, I will say... I, if a video game comes out on some other console and I want to play it, I will look and see if it is ever coming out on Nintendo Switch. And if it is, I'll just wait. Mm -hmm. It's that much better just to be able to take it with you anywhere. Because most of the time these days that I really have to play video games is not sitting at home. It's on a train or on a plane or sitting in a hotel room somewhere. Well, uh, as you mentioned, Dan, they're looking uh, at an updated version. Uh, We've got some sort of design leaks here of what uh, the Nintendo Switch Mini may look at, look like a smaller, more affordable version that's supposedly launching at some point this year. Uh, I'll put some of these up on the screen for the folks watching the video at home. Uh, Can I just say for the record, is it just me or was the PS Vita way ahead of its time? Because that's what this looks like. This is a PS Vita. Yeah, but the PS Vita couldn't plug into a TV. True. Hmm. Well, that's it was ahead of its time. I mean, it wasn't the technology wasn't ready. I mean, didn't you used to have to get like right. mini discs, like mini CD yes. discs? They had a weird like PS Vita only format of disc. Yeah, but they were definitely onto something. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's I. I don't think it was super. Uh, ingenious to figure out that people would like to play games on the go fair i mean the game boy had been around for quite a while so right you've got a point there the interesting thing yeah go ahead oh i was just gonna say that i guess the thing they did was like getting being closer to a console you know like than uh than a uh eight bit kind of thing now, let me ask you guys this, because you're both Switch owners. I played the Switch for the first time. Uh, not the first time, but I played Mario Kart the other day. Uh, I'm very bad at it. Apparently, I drive too well. Um, too well? Like, too correctly? Well, yeah, there's a there's a thing you, you have to do when you turn. I was told uh-huh. you, you can't uh-huh. just turn. Right, you gotta drift. Yes, and I wasn't doing that. And I was like, because uh-huh. that's not safe. It's not. You got to take the turns like and they're like, if you if you don't drift, you're not going to win. And I said, well, I'm going to play the way I want to play. And I didn't win. (laughs) But what's interesting about these leaks, guys, is that um, the uh, Joy-Con controllers don't detach. They're permanently attached on the sides of the screen. I'm curious Mm -hmm. if you guys think. Now, of course, this is meant to be a smaller, more affordable version of the device. But if you think that that's a major loss from the current version. Honestly, like. 
I would say like 95% of the Switch playing I've done on my own Switch has been by myself with the thing in front of my face. So it probably wouldn't be a loss for me. Okay. Like it's kind of novel to pop them off. And it's fun sometimes. It is genuinely fun sometimes. But like depending on the price difference, like if it was a hundred bucks cheaper or something and you just didn't get those and But then what how would you play it if it was plugged into a TV? Then you'd have to buy a sixty dollar controller. That's true. Yep. But like if you I don't know, like I also don't play it plugged into the TV very often. That's what I was gonna ask. What percentage of the time is it actually Yeah. That's I mean, that's the killer feature. Like I can do it on a plane, I can do it on a train, I can do it sitting in my bed. You can do it with a fox, you can do it in a box. Uh I think <laughs> a lot of the people at least that when I've been around these, when people are playing them hooked up to a TV, they've usually bought some kind of controller accessory, the the pro controller or some sort of they're not playing it on those little mini the Joy Cons. I always found those very hard to to use. Frankly, yeah. they're not great. <coughs> right. So. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I'm interested because I I legitimately I think as uh, you know a switch today I don't think I would use enough to justify the cost just because I'm not a big video game guy but. What, what what does it cost now, the current one? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not as much as it's cheaper than the other ones. I think two fifty is what's popping into my mind. But I'm curious if that's um, accurate. Let's see. Which then begs the question of how much cheaper can you make it? Because that's already pretty cheap. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. So what? This comes in at one ninety nine, one seventy nine, maybe. <laughs> I mean, one ninety nine is like a different. I, it feels like one of those step changes in pricing. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like, you get a thing. There's no dock thing. There's no Joy Cons or Joy Con controller thing. It's just the device. Yeah, it doesn't have the little poppy off things. Yeah, that's that's an interesting product right there. What do games cost these days? Sixty. Yes, Ugh. that is. So the indie ones usually cost about twenty, twenty-three. Mm. Right. And that's the other great. There's a lot of great indie games on the Nintendo Switch. True. Yeah. No, people are really excited to develop for it. I, I think having a range of. I mean, we've seen this with even Xbox or PlayStation. They have a range of different. Usually you're just tweaking the storage in them and stuff, but they do have different price points and they try and hit a number of consumers. I think having a, a cheaper option would be uh, would really blow this thing out of the water. And the idea that they launch it this year, you do it before the Christmas holiday season. Um, I think you could you could definitely uh, sell a lot of these. Mm. Yeah, if it was before Christmas, be crazy. Oh, they'd be crazy to launch this thing in February. You know, that's I think this is definitely a Christmas. You know, a parent looks at this at one seventy nine, and I think it's it's a pretty appealing purchase. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that as time goes forward. Um, 
Let's go ahead and move on to picks. It's the part of the show where each of us bring something to the table we want to share with the world. Sometimes they're tech-related, sometimes they are not. And we're going to let Dan go first. Dan never gets to go first. We're going to let Dan go first, because I'm curious what he's got for us. Thanks. I just changed it as we were talking right now. Uh, speaking of indie games on the Switch, uh, I've been playing Wargroove on Airplanes and Civilization, thanks to Colby. Uh, Wargroove is like... Something else we picked on the show, XCOM, or it's like the old Game Boy Advance game, Advance Wars, where it's it's a strategy game, but the the games, the levels, if you were, are more like puzzles, and that they're pretty unforgiving, and it's about figuring out the right strategy and the right like build order to get through the mission. I guess mission's the right word to use. Uh, so it's turn based, and like each turn you get to move all your units and. Oh, move or attack with all of your units and build new units and you have gold uh, and it gets pretty it's really hard, it's a lot of fun it can get pretty intense uh, and the art style is super adorable so check out Wargroove, it's on Switch, PS4 Xbox One, Windows Steam Steam, that stuff Sweet! Dan, Dan did you try... Um... Into the Breach? Yes. Yes, I have tried Into the Breach. I bought that while I was at Sean's house. Nice. I didn't get a cut. Unfortunately. Lame. But you can buy Wargroove right now on Steam for 33% off. Aha! Tell you go. Summer sale. Gotta love it. Very cool. Looks fun. Um, if I had a Switch, I would play it. But you have a Windows computer. Hmm... He's not gonna play any. I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play any. I still get our friend Brian when he was at my house uh, signed me up for notifications on a ton of Steam games, all the ones he recommends, <laughs> and I, I get these emails all the time. Oh, three games in your watch library is on sale, and I'm like, I'm not buying these. <laughs> no, thank you. I've got, I got games already produced. I haven't watched. Um, all right, Colby, what do you have for us? Very uh, productivity focused. Yeah. So. I don't know if this was your experience, but once in a while, there's a time when I have a piece of paper and I need to put it on the computer. Uh, and there are like a million apps that'll do that for you, right? The scanner apps. So I don't know. I've probably used half a dozen of these over the course of the last five years. Um, and recently when I was dealing with the condo stuff, this Wait, was happening. Condo stuff? Yes. The, the like purchasing this apartment that I'm standing in. Oh, not Marie Kondo. Oh, no. no I thought you no. were going to purge. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not, not Marie Kondo. All right. This makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> Um, I had to do a lot more scanning and conveniently, uh, I don't know how I heard about this. I honestly, I probably got an email from them, but Adobe came out with their own version of one of these apps. Um, and it's really cool. Well, I'm going to walk that back. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, the, the coolest thing it does is you don't have to take a picture of stuff. You just like hold your camera 
over the paper and it kind of like I don't know what it's doing some kind of like magic computer magic and like it finds the corners like you see the little blue dots like scoot over to the corners and then it it feels confident that it has found the document and it takes the picture on its own. So there's no, like you take the picture and it's like, Oh shit, I moved like, do it again, do it again, do it again. Um, none of that. Um, I mean, it seemed like it does a lot of stuff. I don't know. Adobe makes Acrobat reader, but I literally just use it for the, take the picture. Um, and like, you know, send it to my email or something but it's a pretty good app and it's free as far as I can tell. Maybe you might have to sign up for an Adobe account, but yeah, it's cool. It's called Adobe scan. This is great. I'm very excited for this. I've been using a, a different scan up. I think I picked years ago on the show um, and it doesn't seem nearly as useful as this. So yeah, it does the scan thing pretty well. Nice. Very nice. Adobe Scan available for iOS and Android, free on both. Uh, check it out. What I do you have for us, Sean? I got uh, a real uh, tactile physical object you can purchase with your money, um, and that's the Ooh. Hydro Flask 12-ounce travel coffee flask. Um, I used to make coffee at home and bring it to work in a thermos because I'm picky about my coffee, and then I decided that was kind of lame, and the coffee... <laughs> You, you, this might sound a little sad, but my office finally got a Keurig machine. Cutting edge. We're finally in the 21st century. So I can bring K-cups to work, but I needed something to pour them in when I make the coffee in the office. Um, something that keeps it warm. And so I picked up one of these Hydro Flask uh, travel coffee flat. It's essentially a mug, a double wall stainless steel mug, vacuum insulated. Um, and holy crap, does it keep your coffee hot? I mean, like burn your tongue hot. Fair warning. Um, but it's 30 bucks. It comes in a wide variety of fun colors. It's got this sort of, um, texturized rubberized surface on the outside. So it's nice to hold whether you're holding it by the mug handle or the thing, but it's essentially a, just a mug sized travel mug. Um, <laughs> that works great. It honestly keeps stuff really hot. Um, and I've been extremely easy to clean. I've been extremely happy with mine so far, so you can check it out. Uh, the link to that will be on our website. Good way to travel with small amounts of coffee. Sweet. I might pick my... We've talked about... I don't know if we talked about my mug, but I've got I've got mug stuff I can talk about next week. Cool. I look forward to that because I don't... I've had a number of mugs, and I've liked some and haven't liked others, so I'm curious what you use. What you an excellent will... tease. Yeah, there you go. How about that? That's exciting. Uh, unless you just use the wire cutters one. I probably just use the wire cutters one. <laughs> but That's it's the so problem. Good. It, is it the Zor Zorushi? Yep, 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 yep. I it's love like Japanese thing. I used to it, love mine. It keeps like it keeps hot things hot for honestly too long. And yes. It keeps cold things cold for infinitely, which is what I, I don't think I'll use this come winter time, but in the summer. I make iced coffee at home. I put it in there. It's cold all day long. It's crazy. It's cold the next day. Like, the ice is still there the next day. It's nuts. What? It's Worth crazy. It. Oh, it's a great mug. The only issue I had with those, I haven't gotten their newer models. I had one years ago. Um, it was awful to clean. It was a pain in the ass to clean. Yeah, I feel like it'd be easier if I had a dishwasher. It comes apart in these nice ways so that you can clean all the parts. 
But if you don't have a dishwasher, you just have a bunch of tiny parts to clean. Yeah. I don't know if that mm-hmm. sounds like it matches your experience. More or less. I, I would say this is something that was first and foremost designed to keep things hot or cold, and then they thought about the usefulness of it after that. So if your goal is to keep stuff hot and cold all day, you won't find much better than this. It's stupid good. Uh, but that's why I switched to one of the uh, Contigos, which I really liked with the one button push operation. The mm-hmm. thing about the, Z- the Rushi ones, you got to like kind of flip it open and it's. Oh, the new l- one has a spring. So you press the okay. button, it, it springs open. Oh, nice. Okay. That's a little bit better than the one I had. Um, yeah. Good oh, luck. What are we going to talk about next week now? I've, I've, I've used up all my mud cotton. I've bought so much wire cutter stuff, Dan. I'm sure there's something left for us to talk about. Okay. There, there, I, there should be a room at the New York Times building named after me because I bought it for them. <laughs> Just for, in referral bucks. Um, sweet. Alrighty, anything else, guys? No. I got here. nothing. You got nothing. Um, before I wrap up the show, I do want to plug a little bit. We're kicking off this week over on Up for Debate. Our, our rapid-fire July spectacular. Boom, boom. Fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Uh, this week, we are talking about the King's Game golf uh and and if you think matt and i have interesting opinions about golf who boy you're gonna want to tune in for this uh we talk regular size golf mini golf we try and figure out how many golf clubs there are um that you can possibly play with turns out many um it's an interesting episode we go off the rails a little bit uh but it kicks off a big july we'll have new episodes every week throughout the month there's never been a better time to subscribe for up to for debate wherever you get podcasts or at up for debate.tv uh, you can also, of course, subscribe to this program. Don't panic wherever you get your podcast video version on YouTube as well. And of course, don'tpanic.io is our great website. It has the link to all the episodes as well as all the picks for this episode and past episodes. You can also reach out to us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com or tweet at us at don'tpanicshow on Twitter. We'll be back Monday nights live, 10, 15 Eastern on Twitch and on Facebook. Uh, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Always a pleasure. A real, a real rock and roll. We came, we saw, we conquered. If you have any cat name suggestions, you can tweet at me, at Sean Jennings. Uh, I would love to hear them. Um, and I'll announce next week, the cat needs a name by the end of the week because he's going to see the vet and needs a name on the record. So I'll announce yeah. next week what we came up with. Wh- which former president he's named after. <laughs> You're committing. I'm, I'm, I'm heading in one direction, at least. Presidents. U.S. presidents? Or Canadian prime ministers. Or Canadian prime ministers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tony, I could, I can name him Tony Blair. That's <laughs> not Canada, I'm sorry. No, I know, I know. He was a prime minister. That's why you get Margaret Scratcher. Margaret Scratcher. But he's a boy. That's true. That's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. What about like, Tony Hare? Well, I was, I was going to say, is there a play on, like, Saddam Hussein? Ah. Uh, You're the pun guy. Or, like, Kim... Kim Jong-un? Chairman Meow! Chairman Meow, yeah, but again, I'm like, you know, is there... Who's who's the head of China now? Uh, Xi Jinping? Yeah, try and make a cat pun out of that. Um, okay. I, I will take that as homework. Okay, we'll come back next week to hear Dan's pun. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for another great episode of Up for Debate.
This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.